Podcast 99, Tom Torero. Hello, hello, I should say. Good morning from Germany. I am in Hamburg. 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. I'm here to be interviewed for someone's day game project. They're doing a bit of writing about me. They're doing some filming, I think. Very kindly, they flew me over, put me up in a very nice hotel. How could I say no? I'm a big fan of German day game anyway, as in Munich, as in Bavaria. Cologne, not so bad. Berlin, I'm not a fan of for day game. But Hamburg, I've only tried in the past with a student. So after this day game stuff is done today, this project, I will go out and I shall street hustle and I'll let you know what happens. This is the end of my first week back in Central Europe after South America and a bit of time in London, a bit of time in Wales. I did go to Poland skiing, but that wasn't for day game. So this is the end of my first real Euro 2017 day game. And I'm bloody rusty. I'm rusty mentally because South America makes you a bit soft. Uh, hopefully not in that way. Just a little bit too easy. The day game's a bit too easy as in approaching and getting phone numbers. Manana, manana, too relaxed. So here, you got to be sharp. you got to be on the money. Game's got to be good. you got to stack. you got to take the topic. you got to run with it. you got to tell stories. you got to overcome shit tests. You've even got to stop them better, okay? These are not ambling, dreamy girls. These are pretty quick girls with their hoods up. It's still pretty cold here, so nice and direct. Let them know what you want. So that's rusty, and also physically I'm rusty because I did something to my back. I'm an old man. I think it was uh, too much sitting still on a plane and then some bumpy skiing. Anyway, a bit of a bad back. I'm not looking for sympathy, but just to tell you, I look like I feel like Tiger Woods after his... Uh, time out, you know, trying to reclaim his former glory, stumbling around. Um, so that's me, poor Tom Torero. It's not been bad though. I've got contacts. I got a Dutch girl into my bed. It was a same day delay attempt. Didn't sleep with her, but very, very, very close. And she's coming back to the city where I spend most of my time. So fingers crossed, it wasn't a bad week. Okay, some admin before we jump in, dive in, as I always say. This is the last chance, the very, very last chance for you to be on Podcast 100. So if you want to tell your story, if you want to tell your day game journey, a lay report, some blue balls, a funny story, one to two minute audio, record it as an MP3, attach it to an email, tom at tomterrera.com, and I'll stick it on Podcast 100. I've got loads already. So thank you if you recorded one, you've sent it in. I'm editing that from tomorrow. It's a big job. Nobody will be left out unless you sent me a blatant advertisement for your company. I've had a few weird ones. But no, if it's a real genuine story from you, good or bad, it'll go in the podcast and it will be a long one. Podcast 100 will be a long podcast next week. I am excited. The last bit of news is that I've created... A playlist and I will create a playlist once a month on Spotify so search for Mr. Tom Torero all one word remember Torero is T-O-R-E-R-O -E not double R at the end Mr. Tom Torero look on Spotify or the link is below the links on my blog and once a month there are my Torero tunes nice and horny 
in all respects to get your mojo going. I use these tunes before I go out day gaming or when I'm working or when I'm just walking around on my own when I'm with a girl. I pick them up from here, there and everywhere. Often from SoundCloud, recommendations, soundtracks to movies, when I'm in a cafe or a wing plays a song in a car. Craig's given me some really good stuff. Um, where else? Just here, there and everywhere. I collect tunes. I mix styles. I like mixology and mashups. Watch the video on my blog where I talk about where I get my tunes from because I explain the different sources and the different genres. But anyway, once a month, I shall bring you a tune playlist. And this month, it's March Tunes 2017. Search for it on Spotify, Mr. Tom Torero. All right, productivity. This was requested over email uh, last week or the week before. A guy wanted to know how I am productive. I'm glad I give off the impression that I am productive. I shall tell you some guilty secrets, but productivity, getting things done. This is about work. This is about black sheep. This is about being a flomad. And yes, we shall make it about day game, of course, being productive with your day game, systemizing it to get results, not just walking around in a daze or with weasels or with anxiety and being out for ages, but getting nothing done, or even worse, getting loads of phone numbers, but getting no dates, or getting loads of dates, but getting no lates. We'll talk about productivity in all senses. The guilty secret is that I probably work, as in quote unquote work, much less than you, in that, no, I don't have an office job, and I don't have to report to a boss. When I was a school teacher, it looked like I was working all the time because I was in school from about half past seven, eight o'clock in the morning to six, sometimes seven o'clock at night. You always look busy as a teacher. You're frazzled. It's frantic, but it's scattered, right? You're just basically killing time. The joke amongst teachers is that really the, the, the good stuff that you're actually teaching kids, the maths, the English and the science and a bit of history and geography, whatever, you could probably teach that in about two hours. Everything else is just killing time because you have to look after these little buggers because their parents are at work here. Yeah? And a lot of time is behavioral management. A lot of time is setting up, cleaning up. The worst is doing um, the rubbish paperwork that has no meaning and the filing that has no meaning. And the worst, worst, worst thing is the meetings. We used to have a meeting in the morning and a meeting in the evening. And what is a meeting? It's just a load of people moaning. It's a load of people sitting around, eating cake, drinking tea, procrastinating. You know, if you follow my stuff, I'm all about action. Less talking, more action. Prove yourself with your actions, not with your words. Certainly not moaning about stuff or not promising stuff or lots of mental masturbation stuff. I hate it. And I guess I hate it so much because of my days as a teacher. But coming back to the point, I work less hours, far less hours now, but I earn a lot more. And I would say I'm more productive. So how is this possible? I work about four hours a day maximum, sometimes two hours, but usually four hours. It's hard to say because what is work for me? Day game is work, writing is work, filming is work, talking to clients is work, thinking about all these ideas is work, but work is also my hobby. So we'll come on to why that's good and why that's bad. It all started really after quitting my teaching job and becoming a full-time day game coach, I had read Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. That was the original inspiration for learning about this stuff. And then on YouTube, you can watch Flow Mad Part 1. 
on Flowmag Part 2 where I break down how I made that transition. And yeah, it's a lie. You're never going to work four hours a week, even if you're uh, living on assets. You've still got to check up. You've got to plan ahead. You've got to monitor. Four hours a week, that was just a way to sell a book, a very clever title that he had split tested. It's not four hours a week. It's about four hours a day, and that's good. Because, of course, like I've said many times before, you need to work. Otherwise, it's like a man who's in retirement, very boring, very dull, no mission, no goal, no projects, plays golf, has a heart attack and dies through boredom, right? Through laziness. Men need projects. Men need missions. Men need to be doing things. Talking is feminine. Doing things is masculine. I've said that on Twitter. Right. So productivity in all senses comes down to structures and routines, getting things automated, pushing past the 66 days of forming a new habit, getting it into your hindbrain instead of your forebrain. I've also said on Twitter, success is a quiet set of daily actions repeated. So they look pretty dull. They look pretty boring. They don't seem like much each day, but it's exponential. If you add them up, you create amazing things, explosive energy. Yeah. And this is not about motivation. You can't just listen to podcasts. <clears throat> you can't just read articles or even worse, go to uh, Tony Robbins seminars and promise things. You have to follow up. This is why I don't like talking about it. I just like doing it, seeing the results, going over the results. Yep. 10% theory, 90% action, as I always say. But anyway, whatever you're lining up to do, you've made those promises, get them automated, get it into your hind brain. So you don't have to have all that stress and expenditure of energy on procrastination because as my father told me many, many years ago, actually thinking about getting the job done, that is far, 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 far worse than when you actually do it. You know, you put it off, you put it off, you put it off, that's procrastination. You think it's gonna be so bad filling in that tax return or whatever, or doing that um, project summary, whatever it is, finishing that book, it's gonna be terrible, put it off, put it off, put it off. When you actually start, a, it's easier, and B, you start enjoying it. It's like a little puzzle, and then you don't want to stop. So if you can automate things like brushing your teeth, you do already, hopefully, getting dressed each morning, you know, your morning routine, anything that's a routine, you don't have that mental expenditure of procrastination. Same with day game, all right? Far too many guys are burning up so many brain cells thinking about doing day game, when if they just went outside, get out of your head, into your body. First one's the worst one, jump in very quickly. You think, oh, I'm enjoying this after approach number three or four. Then you wanna do five, then six and seven, then you don't wanna stop. And if you do that for 66 days in a row, it'll be a habit. Of course, take some time off, balance it. I've talked about that before. Right, getting a bit wider, because deep is good, as she said, but wide is also very good. You might remember my podcast guest, Black Dragon, He's got a very good blog and I, I like a lot of his stuff. And he talks quite rightly about mission being a lot more important than goals. Nothing wrong with goals and completing goals. I like it, taking action, mini projects. That's what I've always done. I've loved doing projects. But the problem with the project or the problem with the goal is completing it. So you say, yeah, I'm gonna write a textbook called Street Hustle and you work so hard on it and you complete it. And then as you know, you have a bit of a downer. You feel a bit depressed 
because the daily ritual, the daily routine is over. It's an anti-climax, probably winning gold at the Olympic Games, because the fun, the cheesiness, yeah, journey, not the um, destination. So you get the gold medal and you think, now what? So more important than that for a guy is an all-encompassing mission. That sounds religious, that sounds wacky, that sounds like pseudoscience, but you know what I mean. A mission where you're thinking, this is the purpose of my life. This is really the direction I'm going in. This is what I want to achieve. And within that mission are a thousand mini projects. And in 2014, 2015, that's where I reached with Day Game or with Black Sheep or with Flomad. I suddenly realized the outlaw stuff, this is my mission. This is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And within that, there are thousands and thousands of projects like seminars, like books, like videos, like girls I want to sleep with, like countries I want to go to, like friends I want to meet, like crazy things I want to do. But the overall mission is the same. So that's what keeps you going and gets you over the problem of meeting a target, meeting a goal. And Black Dragon talks a lot about that. Now, as I said, my job is my hobby. So it's both a very good thing in that it doesn't feel like work because traveling around the world, sleeping with girls, teaching guys how to sleep with girls, writing books about how to sleep with girls. This is all great because this is not a nine to five in a supermarket or an office or having a boss or whatever. A lot of freedom, uh, both in time and in money. But when you make what you love your job, there's, of course, a massive, massive danger. In, and even in Terrero Travels, I talk about when I gave up my work, it felt so liberating, but so scary. It was like sitting on the edge of the Grand Canyon thinking, now what, what the fuck, where do I go? I could go anywhere. Which country shall I live in? Who shall I travel with? You know, which girl shall I spend more time with? Which country or which city shall I spend more time in? Too many choices and that freaks us out. And uh, doing it too much. If your whole life is just golf or your whole life is just winning gold um, at swimming, if your whole life is one thing, then obviously that leads to burnout. That can be overwhelming. That's not balanced. So I've got to be careful. But I'm not complaining because uh, it's a fantastic opportunity. I'm very grateful to be able to, to do what I do. I'm just saying there's a danger. Now, if I don't do anything, I just, uh, let's say, have a very fluid structure and I just do day game, then that freaks me out and I get depressed. If I have too many things going on, like too many projects within this mission, that freaks me out and I get stressed and anxious. I found the optimum for me is one or two projects on the go at all times. And that's, yeah, about four hours a day. I get up around eight o'clock in the morning. I don't have an alarm clock, thank God. No more six, 6.30 a.m. alarm clocks like I used to have for teaching. I get up, do what I have to do, and then I work, quote unquote, from about nine in the morning until lunchtime, until about 12. And work is liaising with freelancers and a girl who helps me with my emails, replying to emails, doing my Skype training calls because I don't do much in-field coaching anymore. Craig does that. I do my Skype calls with clients. I try to schedule them for the morning. Maybe I record a video or I plan a video. Uh, I do my writing, finishing off cold calling. I do editing. 
I talk to people, as I said, I'm working with freelance artists, freelance editors, freelance graphic designers, guys that help me with blurring of videos, whatever. All that has to be done. So it might look like I do nothing, but if you've ever tried making a YouTube video, thinking about it, recording it, editing it, uploading it, sharing it, it's a lot of bloody work, even four minutes. Guys say, why don't you do more? Why don't you give more away? If only you knew, if only you knew, or writing an article or recording a podcast, editing the podcast, uploading the podcast, sharing the podcast. You think this just takes half an hour, the length of the podcast, but oh, no, there's so much more. And guys might say, well, if you don't do the day game coaching, how do you make money? That's a very common question that I answer in Flowmad. I make money from my books, my paperback books, Kindle books, uh, hardback, as in street hustle. I make money from my Skype coaching, as I said. I make money from Stealth Seduction, my online video product. I make money from YouTube monetization. And just this year, I've managed uh, from saving up to buy a small property that I'm gonna rent out. So that's diversification of the portfolio, I like to say, imagining myself of Wolf of Wall Street, but just another source of passive income. And again, passive income, it ain't passive, right? All those things I have to keep an eye on, I have to monitor, I have to check, I have to refresh rejuvenate, share. So really there isn't uh, any such thing as passive income because you're always checking up on it. You're always working on it. So there you go, nine to 12 work, bit of lunch, whatever. And then day game is usually two o'clock until four o'clock in the afternoon, sometimes four till six, but usually two till four. I'm very strict on myself, even though I've been doing it for years. And I tell all my students to do the same. I go out for pretty much exactly two hours, that's about eight to 10 kilometers of walking. So there's a bit of good fitness. And I do a minimum, but usually 10 sets. So no walking around for six hours doing two sets. That's just burning your energy. It's a waste of time. You get weasels, the anxiety gets worse. No, be strict on yourself. Have a system, automate it in 66 days. Have a challenge. So I'll never go home without one number. I still have that one number a day challenge unless I'm taking a day off or I'm traveling or I'm sick, whatever, I still have the challenge of one day to week minimum. Yeah, should be able to get two dates or three dates a week, but maybe you can have that challenge. And be strict on yourself. Keep a spreadsheet if you need to. I no longer do. But if this is your first 100, 300, 1,000 sets, you gotta have a system. If I have to, you bloody well have to, okay? So that's your day game. Automate that nice and productive and then from about 6 p.m. I'm either going on a date, I'm having beers with male friends, uh, some bromance, eating with friends, talking to family on Skype or FaceTime, whatever, or just chilling, making sure you, you chill, listening to music, watching some comedy, downtime, hopefully seeing a bird, that's the aim of the game. Not every night, that's knackering. And as I said, if you've got a harem and you've got three girls, that's three nights a week plus trying to have uh, a new girl in your bed, that's, that's a lot. So I don't do the harem thing often, just nailing a bird once, twice a week, two different birds, that's enough for me. I'm an old geezer, but there you go. That's my daily structure. Second half of the podcast, we shall do Torero tips, not tits, Torero tips for productivity.
Some of them I've said, but I'm going to summarize it into 15 points. That's uh, less than one a minute. Here we go. Number one, prioritize. So prioritize what you're doing so it stops freaking you out. I write them on a whiteboard that I cross off. I use notebooks when I come up with ideas. I make lists and I still love seeing it on my wall as post-its. I've tried doing that virtually on my laptop, but I much prefer physical notes that I can take off and reorder. So prior prioritize your projects. Hard to say that one. Number two, break down your projects into chunks. That's the cheesy management speak but it's definitely true so when i was editing stealth seduction it was overwhelming looking at 50 hours of footage and i just broke it down into okay one in field uh, every couple of days and then doing this task and then doing this task same with street hustle writing a textbook seems overwhelming but when you break it down and put it all together exponential effect as well you get it done so don't freak out over the big projects my big thing is number three, I have to have a deadline. I work much better uh, pushing things hard towards the end of a project. Some people are much more disciplined than me and can do it little and often for ages, but I love deadlines. Gun to the head principle in day game as well. Imagine your wing puts a gun to your head and says, today you're gonna get a phone number and today you're gonna get a same day lay, or I'm gonna kill you, and you would. That's the gun to the head principle. A deadline is good announcing cold calling or announcing street hustle. It pushes me. Number four, accountability. So similar to the deadline when I said cold calling was going to be on my blog every single day, you announce it. Or when I'm working with a freelancer, he's waiting for my next thing to edit or he's waiting for designs. That's being accountable. So tell your wing, tell somebody, advertise your project. Uh, break it down so you're doing a little bit every day, automate it, off you go. Number five, I say do all your work in the mornings. Now, loads of guys obviously do the work at night. They work better in the evenings. They work late into the night. I used to be like that when I was younger, but mornings, I just find it works better because it links with number six in that you get a good sleep. If you're working late into the night, then that fucks up your, your mornings in terms of being out and about, and it shifts everything. Jet lag is not good for productivity. Traveling massively between time zones is not good for this. So get in a good sleep, somewhere between seven, eight hours for me. Over eight hours, not good. So too much sleep, a bad thing. This is all basic science. Not having an alarm, amazing. I know if you have a normal job that uh, you don't have that possibility perhaps, but it has changed the game for me. I get ill far less because your body sleeps as much as it needs to. And I kind of know when it's 8, 8.30. I'd never stay in bed beyond 8.30. Number seven, I've already mentioned, get out of your head and into your body. So obviously me, Mr. Fitness Guru, at the peak of my physical fitness, I'm lecturing you, but you know what I mean, some stretching basic exercises, breaking things up, my day game walk every day, 10 kilometers, I go swimming, just moving. When you get out of your head and into your body, the magic happens. That's why day game is therapy. And I'll talk much more about that in the future. Number eight, rational optimism. There's a podcast on this. So productive people are positive, all right? They've gotten rid of the negative things in their life, TV, news, gossip, 
moaning, the Monosphere forums. They are surrounding themselves with positive things, positive people. No, it's not all roses. It's not Disneyland. They're practical. They're pragmatic. They're rational. Uh, glass full and uh, improvement in productivity because you simply believe you can do it. All right. So that's one of my big tricks, as I've always said, gratitude. Number nine, a quick one, cold showers. My dad was an orthopedic surgeon and swore by cold baths. You've got to have a lot of guts or jumping from a sauna into the snow. It's very good for circulation and your bones and stopping osteoporosis and arthritis, treating injuries, just waking you up. I'm not that brave often. I start hot, then I go to medium, then I go to cold, and then it's really nice. You just want to stand in that cold. That wakes you up. It's awesome in between flights or to get over jet lag as well. I often have showers in the airport now in between flights on layovers, amazing. Number 10, music. So go to my Spotify, listen to Tom Torero music or just listen to your music. I've written pat a dog. I love patting dogs, other people's dogs. You don't need a dog. You can become a dog walker. Dogs make you rationally optimistic. Watch some comedy. I've said all these in the depression, anxiety podcasts, in the rational optimism podcasts. It just fires you up, yeah? Music especially. Food, it's obviously half of the equation along with exercise. So what you eat, I feel shitty when I've got a hangover. That just gets worse after the age of 30, 35, coming up to 40. Sugar highs, I notice. Uh, I enjoy them and then you crash and you feel shit. Too much caffeine, although I still love coffee, but too much. I feel nervous and anxious and in my head, surprise, surprise. Number 12, I've mentioned when I was talking about primary school, no meetings. I hate meetings. Even to this day, if somebody asks for a meeting, I know it's basically just an excuse to have a chat, have a cup of tea, have a biscuit and procrastinate and usually moan. Meetings are full of moaners, people making promises that they never fulfill. So much better to scrap the meetings and make it about results. So you can summarize meetings very quickly. This is what I'm going to get done uh, and show me. Prove it to me, okay? Come back, let me know how you get on. This is why I prefer Skype calls that are not hypothetical Skype calls, but it's when a guy says, look, here's my data. Here's the MP3 of me talking to the girl. Let's work on it. This is our 10% time, let's work on it. And then he's back out 90% action. I love that, it's effective, it gets the best results. Rather than 100 hypothetical questions, Tom, what would happen if I've heard that I'm thinking about doing this. No, that's just, it's just like a meeting. It's just another excuse, a very clever excuse, like reading a pickup forum to not talk to girls for the majority of the cases. Number 13, yeah, Wi-Fi is a blessing and a curse. I live off the internet. That's, that's how I make my living. But for immersion things during the day when I'm writing cold calling or I've got something really important to do, I turn off the Wi-Fi or I go to a cafe where there is no Wi-Fi. So when I was writing Street Hustle, a lot of that was done in a cafe in Wales or the, the final bit of it was done. And luckily that cafe has no Wi-Fi and it still doesn't because it's in Wales. You don't need Wi-Fi. They don't know what Wi-Fi is. They think the World Wide Web is a spider in the corner. But anyway, yes, getting distracted by notifications and feeling like you've got to keep checking Twitter and Instagram, it's a blessing and it's a curse. I'm not against the internet. As I said, I live off the internet. But uh, same when you're doing day game. You don't need to keep checking your phone. 
You don't need to be multitasking. You need to be a hungry, horny tiger, eye on the prize, good vibe, uh, going in, night style seduction. I don't check my phone, yeah? Number 14, better to work face-to-face -face with people when you're trying to do something with them, yeah? Or just pick up the phone if they're in another country or talk on Skype. Emails are convoluted, and again, they're full of procrastination. People don't get subtleties. It's easy to offend people. People misunderstand tasks. Much better just knock on their bloody door or give them a call. Do it face-to-face. -face. What would take you half an hour to write an email? You can do it in 10 seconds on the phone. So... I love doing that. And number 15, to finish off this podcast, God bless outsourcing. I got this from Tim Ferriss, but I use it a lot. I talk about it in Flowmad Part 1, Flowmad Part 2. I use the site, which is now called Upwork, where freelance contractors are on there and you post a job, whatever it is, editing or illustration, cover design, HTML, weird coding things you want done, posters, whatever. There's someone out there with that skill. So in the beginning, when you're self-employed and you're the boss, it's too easy to be too selfish, too possessive of your business. And you say, nobody's going to touch it. It's mine. You don't trust anybody with anything. And then you just reach a ceiling. You reach a brick wall. You realize you can't do everything yourself. And what's taking you hours to figure out through uh, Googling, someone could just do it really quickly. Yeah, you could be a cheapskate in who's Fiverr, but I wouldn't recommend it. You get what you pay for. You know that site Fiverr where you pay someone $5 and they make a website for you. Yeah, you're going to get what you pay for. So I'm not so rich that I can afford to buy cheap things, as the saying goes. So I'd prefer to spend a bit more. I've got guys working on cover designs, as I said, on internal illustrations, layout people, editors, which is both line and copy level. I've got people doing artwork. I've got people helping me occasionally with my website, sometimes like intro and outro motion graphic sequences for products or my channel. I've got a guy who helps me sometimes with blurring, a guy who subtitles my video sometimes for other languages, guys that have helped me with weird geeky coding, mailing lists, setting up automated payment systems. I've now got a guy, an amazing guy, He's um, Polish, but I met him in South America. He's uh, helping me with my accounts. He's doing my taxes. He's looking for places where I'm falling down, as in spending too much money. He's helping me with air miles, all the stuff that I'm really not that interested in. It's a big chore for me, but he loves doing it. He's got a background in Wall Street. He's a maths whiz. That's his passion. So it's win-win. I pay him to do that and it saves me so much time and it's just a weight off my shoulders. So outsourcing, you can only go so far by yourself. I'm not saying you need to work in a team. I'm not saying you need to work in a company. I'm still a one-man band. I'm a one-man brand, as I've said in another podcast, but um, yeah, share the load. And there you go, talking about loads. Nice men come last, cool guys come all over her face that's how to share the load that was podcast 99 next week is going to be amazing it's going to be podcast 100 we shall celebrate not by me waffling on but by day gamers from around the world telling their story your last chance to be on that podcast mp3 one to two minutes email me tom at tom .com. attach that audio day game story day game progress day game lay report 
something that's changed your life. Maybe some specific material, a specific book, a specific product, a specific podcast. Who knows? But I just send this out into the ether and uh, I'm excited to hear what comes back. Until next time, keep grabbing life by the horns. I'll be the same.